Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Ann Wilson. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the US as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships. All right, my top five revenge movies. You love these movies. I don't know what yours would be, but I know one of them. Two of them are in here. Okay. Uh, nobody would ever think I would say Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. Elle Woods gets, she gets, pays back, right? Yes. I mean, I thought I'd hate that movie. How about number four? Any Avengers movie. Any one of them. I love them all. <laughs> it's always payback. Three, and I think this is in my top five, Mean Girls. Every time it's on, i got to end up watching it again. Have you ever seen it? You've seen it? Yes, I've it's seen it. It's the best. I mean, you, the plastics like, go you, down. You must be getting soft. Here's yours. Here's yours, Gladiator. Yes. And number one of all time. Okay. In my mind. Mm-hmm. You got. You have to agree. I Shawshank know. Redemption. Yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, there's so many movies. And, you know, there's times when you almost want to stand up and clap when the bad guy gets what's coming to him. But some people are offended by our list right now because yeah, sure they're they like, are. you guys have watched some of those movies? No, there's something in our soul that likes payback. Yet, in real life, payback doesn't feel... Like it does in the movies. It doesn't work. Hmm. But we got to talk about that today because there's something in us that resonates with those kind of movies and those kind of the bad guy getting what he's, you know, justice. And so we have Brand Hansen back in the studio, wrote a book about this called Unoffendable. That, like, we're supposed to be unoffendable. you got to be kidding me. Well, but the Brent, subtitle is How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. That's compelling. Yeah, so we got to find out what that change is. <laughs> I'm guessing it's choosing to be unoffendable. But anyway, welcome back, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, it's realizing that my anger isn't righteous, actually. And You've already said that. You've got yeah, our whole like, production wait, wait, team was stirred up about that. Oh, it's great. I love to talk about this because it's so counterintuitive. I think most of us grew up, if you grew up in church like I have, like, Always thought, well, there's bad anger. You need to get rid of that. But righteous anger is supposed to keep. That's we all say anger. Jesus yeah. flipping the tables. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is it's not scriptural and you can't find it. And in fact, in James, it says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We don't memorize that verse. We just memorize a half a verse where it says in your anger, do not sin. But the rest of the verse says to get rid of it before the sun goes down. So anger can happen. It's a natural physiological response. We have this spike in cortisol, for instance, or adrenaline or whatever we want to get back. That's a normal response, but we're supposed to get rid of it. And I had to study that a lot to realize that that's the truth. And then also when you realize it, like, maybe I'm not the best judge for my righteous anger anyway. Because always, I, who thinks their anger is not righteous? <laughs> I mean, Twitter is everybody all at once thinking that their anger is righteous. <laughs> this is a terrible way to live. A much better way is I'm supposed to forgive people and do the right thing. If I have to defend the vulnerable, defend other people, but I don't do it out of anger, that'll cloud my judgment. That hurts because God has forgiven me. So I have to extend that forgiveness to other people. So it's not necessarily being passive in our response to what we feel. Absolutely not. Okay. But you'll do it out of love. You'll do it out of a desire to defend the vulnerable, for instance, because justice needs to happen. Like we want to take bad guys who hurt people off the street, but we don't want the people who do that to do it out of anger. We want them to do it with a clear head in mind and to do their jobs. Ooh, are you trying to get your head around this? Like, just think of well, anger. Well, I'm actually, I'm thinking like in a marriage situation, uh-huh. this has happened in our marriage. I'm sure it's happened in every marriage. Anne gets mad at me 
at times. <laughs> and I get mad at her. I'm not trying to say it's one way. It just happened a couple Sunday nights ago where she stormed out of the house because uh-huh. <laughs> she was so mad at me and my son not caring for my son, his wife, and me, Anne. She's like, she's yelling, like, you guys are all the same, meaning pastors are all self-centered and all you care about yourself. We went, here <laughs> we have, we went golfing, how right? honest you guys are. Well, we went <laughs> golfing, Cody and I, and that meant his wife had to take care of two little babies. And, and you know, we just, anyway, she was so angry, she said, I got to go for a walk, and she leaves. And I'm literally like, I didn't think what we did was that bad a deal, but I guess it was. So talk about that, because <laughs> in some ways when she came back... Well, you you tell, I mean, was that good anger? Brand no. would say no. No, I don't think it was good anger because I generally will take my anger to Jesus first. And Jesus tends to give me perspective. This one, she went to Dave first. Yeah, I'm I was just, just hot and I just said, you guys are so incredibly selfish. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm trying to defend my daughter-in-law and what she's doing. And so I just let my words fly and I said, you guys are just so selfish. And then I said, I just have to get out of here. I need to go for a long walk. Dave is silent. He's super wise now. He's just silent. I've learned. Just keep it closed. And so I go for a long walk. And to be honest, I didn't pray for a long time, maybe the last three minutes, because I was just venting to God everything that I was feeling and how I felt it was so wrong. And these guys are always thinking about themselves and their own pleasure and what they can do. And so anyway, I come back. And you're still quiet. Well, she came back and she was totally different space. Mm-hmm. It was like I watched a woman leave and meet with God and come back mm-hmm. and her anger was gone. Mm-hmm. Actually, what she had yelled at me before she left landed. And I was like, yeah, I needed to hear that. I was pretty selfish today. So in a sense, I don't know if it was like anger, but it was like she was stirred up. But I will say, Brent, that my anger generally, if it's unleashed, it doesn't do good. Like, it doesn't help the situation generally. No, it, it doesn't. And again... I mean, we, counsel we, us. What would you say to this this couple over here? This messed up couple. This is what I've learned. I've been married 32 years, but I don't have all the answers on this. But we have learned that it does take sometimes a little bit of a, a chance to talk to God about it, get some perspective. But that perspective, again, is, okay, if the other person's guilty, and he may be, God, you've been forgiving to me. I've been a jerk. So I need to extend that grace to him. But you can still tell him, I don't think it's okay. Do you realize what you did when you left her with the kids and you guys went and had fun? I don't think that's fair. I know you're well-intended. You could say that to your spouse, too, because generally speaking, they are. In their minds, they are justified in what they did. Like, I realized to you it was, it's not a big deal, but I'm, I'm telling you it is. That usually gets a pretty good response from people. It also allows you to de-escalate the situation, and then you can have fun. Mm. And then your marriage is fun again. And you guys can hang out that night. It's all, it's all good. Or you can harbor anger and pat yourself on the back for how wrong he was and make a big deal out of it and just compound the other incidents and eventually not even have anything to do with each other anymore. Ooh, I did that for years. Okay, so this is – but that's what people do when they defend this idea of, well, but this he was really wrong. Yeah, okay, right. And you've been wrong too. So how are we going to deal with this out of humility? Some people are like already thinking through situations of like my husband sexually abused our daughter for 15 years that Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about. What do I do with that? Well, again, never am I saying that forgiveness or Jesus saying, I think, 
or Paul when he's writing or James, like they're not talking about getting rid of your anger, forgiving so that you have to stay in relationship with these people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting rid of your anger because you, too, are a sinner. You're responsible for Calvary, which was a very grisly scene. Again, like you're, you're responsible for that. I'm responsible. How can I be responsible for that and then turn around and look at you and go, oh, my goodness. Wow, you're messed up. Well, we are. But do you want to live with that anger towards that very horrific crime? The person who did it, do you want to live with that the rest of your life? Or is that actually compounding what this person has done? Hmm. Now sabotaging your peace the rest of your life. Or is God actually giving us away through this thing where we're supposed to let go of our anger? Even though we totally understand why you're angry. we to- Absolutely. But he's giving us a, a way to a better life because he loves us. And it is better. So we can justify our anger all we want. And try to twist it so that, it, like, no, it says that we should be angry. We should always be angry. There's always good reason to be angry. It doesn't say that. But we can do that. But it's at a very heavy price, not only on our relationships, but on your actual physical body. So when Jesus is telling us to forgive, I think he knows how we're built and how we thrive. So no matter how horrific the thing is, and I went through some horrific stuff growing up. So you can't just wave off everything I've gone through. You're telling me I shouldn't be. No, I'm telling you life is better. If you forgive, it always has been. It doesn't mean what they did is right. In fact, it means what they did is wrong. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to forgive. Mm. But you will be freer and you will blossom and your life will go better. And you'll be a source of life for other people if you can do that. If you can't, that person is still affecting you. Mm. In your book, you share some letters of critiques that you've received doing radio. Can (laughs) you share some of those? And then walk us through what that looks like for you to not be offended by it. One was funny. I remember one morning in particular, we do a lot of humorous or at least attempted humorous stuff on the show. So like one day I was doing a a bit where I called, just try and name that tune. I play the accordion on the air. And so I'll be like, okay, so you pick a song that we play here on the station, a Christian format, or you can pick a song from the 80s if you want, because I didn't want just only people who know Christian music to feel welcome. Yeah. So somebody's like, oh, can you do, you know, I can only imagine, or, or, or they say Christian songs. So I tried to play Mercy Me or something. They, they couldn't identify it. <laughs> so the next caller's like, pick something from the 80s. I'll do, I'll do the 80s. So I played a song, and she nailed it. It was Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> and I got a call immediately, like, I'm really disappointed with you. Sounded like you practiced the secular song more than the Christian song. Oh, my goodness. Like five minutes later, I do the weather. I'm like, well, it's going to be a little warmer. This should be this time of year, 78 for a high today, and then uh, back down to 65 overnight. And then somebody calls, like, I'm really disappointed with you. Oh, no. Okay, well, what did I do wrong? It was your, your weather forecast. Oh, Why? no. You said it's going to be warmer than it should be for this time of year, but God ordains the weather. It's going to be exactly what it should be. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for your call. But it's that kind of stuff. Anybody who's in customer service, oh. you can come home with stories every day. Anybody who does anything in life, yes. anybody who drives, people are always doing people stuff. It had to dawn on me, like, wait, I'm going to decide before I open my emails that I'm going to forgive people. Wow. Because who knows what's going on? But you can't have this mindset every day and it becomes a way of life where, like, I know people are broken. How do I know this? Because I am. So why don't each day I... Understand this is what humanity is like. The wonderful thing about that is it frees you. It helps you to practice forgiveness. It helps you become less offendable. And then it helps you actually see people because you're not offended by everybody. You can see maybe what God sees in them. Mm. The potential that's there. 
So I'm convinced he sees us like an artist sees like something. They see or a real estate agent or, re, or like one of those indoor designer people. Yeah. They walk in, they see us, and they in their heads they're seeing something we don't. You yeah. Know? Like look at the potential. Yeah. Of we're this like, person. No, look at the car parts scattered around the closet. And that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> but no. That's not what they see. Mm. Well, I mean, in some ways, I think, you tell me if I'm right, the reason we get so offended is we don't believe what you're saying about ourselves. We think we're better. We're not as bad as them. We're not as corrupt as them. We're not as selfish as them. You're saying the opposite, like, look how selfish they are. You're worse. And I think we don't think we are, so we're offended that they would do what they did to us. Yeah, and I think it's all gratitude, though. It's not guilt. Mm. Guilt's only good, and that drives us back to the cross. Then we need to get rid of it. But to go back to the cross, what I mean, it's not just a religious thing. I'm just saying, yeah. I don't want to use that just as a phrase. Like We go back to being so thankful for what God has done for us. Jesus tells the story that should end the argument on this. It's the parable of the unmerciful servant, yeah. where this guy, he owes the king much. He's forgiven, and then won't turn around and forgive somebody else. And the king is very upset about that. That's about us. Mm. And I've heard people, and they're like, oh, Brant, but that story means that we should get angry because the king got angry. Like, no, 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 you're not the king in this story. Yeah. Again, that's God. You're the unmerciful servant. Yes, but you, you see what they did. In order to justify our righteous anger, we have to keep confusing ourselves with God. Mm. If mm. We're not him. I'm a sinner. So, again, we stand for what's right. We try to do the right thing. We act. It's not just about getting angry. We actually do the right thing to combat injustice, but it's not out of anger. That's the important thing. Mm. And that's hard to let go because, you know, we can quote Romans, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And we're like, no, 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 I want some of that. I want some of that too. But you I know don't want to just give it to him. I'm going to help you, Jesus. Yeah. That's what we think. So here's the hard thing. This All of this comes down to trusting God, mm. that he will be just. He will bring justice in the end. And it's not me bringing justice in the end. That's very hard for me as a, I'm a Pharisee by nature. My son is named justice. <laughs> I want those people to get what's coming to them. And I can look around in the culture and go, I cannot believe that this is happening. But you know what? I can because humans have always been this way. There were two sons that were born. One killed the other one. Like the first kids that were born. Yeah. Like these are humans. <laughs> the first cave drawings, the first artwork that we have that humans have drawn are humans attacking each other. <laughs> so I'm not going to be shocked by it anymore. I know it's me too. But I, I extend this forgiveness out of gratitude for what God has done for me. And it is a better way to live. Mm. And it hasn't stopped me or people I know that practice this from being involved in trying to set things right. But ultimately, I have to trust that it's God. He's going to bring justice in the end. I don't know how people live who can't trust that. Mm. It's interesting. I've, I've done prayer with so many women about unforgiveness. And I've gotten into a habit of just saying, like, hey, let's just do a visual prayer. Of Just close your eyes. Picture yourself standing before Jesus. And I'll pray beforehand, like, Lord, let us just hear from you and see from you. And Because we use our imaginations for so many things. Mm -hmm. So why not let the Holy Spirit, you know, take us there? So I said, Can you, I want you to just picture yourself standing before Jesus. And then I'll say, and I want you to now picture the person that you just can't forgive, like, one woman I've shared here before, but every single day her mom would beat her with a broomstick mm. every single day. And she said, I can't forgive her. And so it was interesting. I said, can you like just picture your mom standing before Jesus? I wonder if there's anything he wants you to know about your mom. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting. And I've done this so many times where 
there will be this grace peace that I feel like Jesus wants me to know, like her life was so broken too, and she was beaten too, or she doesn't know any better. I'm always amazed of how, you know, they can see in a different light of maybe there's a story behind the story, possibly. You know, there's a, a scripture you made me think of. It's in First Corinthians 4. And again, I didn't know it was in there until I was thinking about all this. Paul actually writes, he said, I actually don't know other people's motives. He said, in fact, I don't know my own. So I'll have to let God sort it out in the end. Hmm. That's in 1 Corinthians 4. Yeah. Again, it's not a flesh and blood battle we're in. It's a spiritual thing. Hmm. But that's fascinating. I have the humility to go, I can't be the final arbiter of my righteous anger. I'm too biased. Yeah. I saw the people's court back in the day when I was watching. It was after school. Remember this show? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So I remember watching this, and they would introduce the plaintiff first and then the defendant. And the plaintiff, I remember this one case, I was eating Ritz crackers sitting in front of the TV after school. And the plaintiff was like a family of seven. And like, well, the plaintiff says that uh, they all went to the defendant's pizza restaurant and they all got food poisoning and were sick for 24 hours. They're suing for $1,500 for pain and suffering. And like all seven of them got sick. Like, how is this even a case? Yeah. And then the defendant gets announced. The defendant says he doesn't even own a pizza parlor, and the plaintiff is always trying to get money. Like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. When you hear the other side. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. So there's the proverb that says the first to testify always seems right. <laughs> well, who's the first to testify in my head? Hmm. I only tend to see what everybody else is doing wrong. Yeah. But am I honest about my own lack of love? Because that's what sin is, like in the Hebrew, the kata word. That means that we're not loving God and people hmm. in a way that honors his image. We're falling short of that. Do I see how I fall short of the love of God towards people? Probably don't. Hmm. No. Well, where do we start? Let's get into like help us maybe reframe the way we've been looking at this and what would our next steps be? I think it's daily gratitude. I would start today so thankful, God, you forgave me and being so grateful for that. That the rest of the day, I'm going to forgive people who cut me off in traffic for my boss. Who Why'd does... you look at me when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you are, you, are you writing this down? Uh, <laughs> no, like, like where people are like, my boss is going to do stuff my boss does. Yeah. yeah. I can't be shocked again. Yeah. yeah. That person at work, that other student. My spouse. My spouse. They're going to do stuff. I can't control them. I'm going to forgive them in advance. Not because they deserve it, because they don't deserve it. And neither do I. Because I didn't deserve it. Mm. That's why you forgive people, and you can't forgive people simultaneously and say, but I'm still going to be angry with you, but I forgive you. Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you have to let go of the anger to forgive as Jesus has forgiven you, but it's that you have to daily pick up your cross in this way and make the sacrifice of your anger out of grace that was extended to you. But this is an everyday thing. I, again, I think this is discipleship. Yeah. yeah. This is it. This is praying for your enemies, loving them, blessing them. I mean, one of the best decisions I ever made in my life is forgiving my dad. You know, divorce when I was a little boy, a lot of, lot of things. And I wondered if you had a similar journey. Same thing. Was it quick, easy, long, hard? It's been hard. Hmm. But I do love him, and we have worked through stuff. How did you end up forgiving him? Because of this. Hmm. And Was it eating at you? Because I know for yeah. Dave, he just carried it. Yeah, and you do carry it, and it can sabotage your family. Yeah. Yep, it like, was. I don't want that to happen, mm -hmm. and, and I don't want him to have that power either. Yeah. Like, you had that kind of influence over me growing up. This is not spiteful towards him. It's like, this is a new thing, and my kids are not going to be able to relate to me and what I went through. 
But I'm so thankful that God forgave me. Whether you stay in relationship with a toxic parent or somebody, again, that's not what I'm talking about. I have chosen to stay in relationship, but some people don't, and I understand that. But you can still let go of the anger. You can even still pray for them. Like, I don't want them to have that sort of toxic spillage into my own life now. Have you put any boundaries around your kids when they were growing up? Because you did. Totally. Absolutely. I think when you don't do things out of anger, now you're not reacting to your parents either. Like, I don't want to constantly be reacting to what happened to me years Mm -hmm. ago. I want there to be some joy. Then we can be in the moment. But if you're living a life with unforgiveness, you can't really be because that stuff is always there. It's always eating away at your insides, literally. And what's your relationship now with him like? Oh, text every day. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's got his struggles and stuff, and I know who he is, and I pray for him and want the best for him. Hmm. So I'm just rooting for him. That's a great sign of forgiveness. You said, I want the best for him. Yeah. That's love, right? Yeah. So I'm rooting for everybody, honestly. I'm rooting, When I see channels, the news channels that I don't agree with on the screen at the gym, I got to root for those people. Hmm. I'm not rooting for them to win some kind of earthly battle, but I'm rooting for ultimately who they are. And I know God loves them. You're rooting for them for the spiritual battle. people. Yeah. It's pretty radical. It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Someone's almost like, when has Christianity ceased being radical? Like, this is where, if if we did this, we would be such different people. Oh, our churches would be full. It'd be shocking. People would be running to that community. Yeah, like, I got to be a part you do of that? that. Yeah. And why do you love me so much? Yeah. I thought you would be righteously angry at me. Mm. It's a different demeanor that we have, and it becomes very attractive to our neighbors. Mm. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Marriage is a beautiful thing when it's working well, but when it's not, it can stretch us beyond what we ever thought possible. Would you be willing to contribute to our Save a Marriage Fund, used to help sponsor everyday Australian couples who are on the brink? To give a gift, please navigate to our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Thank you.